Good to see you all here. And this morning, this morning we're going to be reading out of um, the book of Luke, St. Luke. Uh, taking our text from there anyway. So uh, if you'd like to turn to the book of St. Luke in the 8th chapter, want to uh, take a thought from there. As you're turning to Luke chapter 8, you know, it occurred to me this um, past week that um, we each and every one at one time or another in our lives have wanted to ask Jesus that question, you know, that maybe something heavy had been upon our hearts. Why did our loved one have to die? Or, or why did this have to happen? Or, or why? Or, you know, usually it starts with the why. But we're asking Jesus or God, those those questions so often, okay? They want to ask God why. And have you ever thought, and the thought occurred, have you ever thought about maybe he had a question or two for you? Well, I, I was reading a book and, and it brought up a question and I started a, a searching through. Now, there are several questions in the New Testament that Jesus has for you and I, his word uh, being alive forevermore, the same yesterday, today, and forever, his words being alive. So I believe today that maybe he wants to just simply ask you a question. And, and as we look upon this, I want us to understand these questions. And if Jesus were to ask me a question or you a question, what would he ask? Hmm? Yeah. Let me set the scene. Jesus had been teaching. The day had gotten long. He tells his disciples to get into the ship and go across to the other side of the lake. And he was going to go down to the bottom of the ship or the boat. Going to go down to the bottom of the boat and, and, and sleep and rest. He fell asleep. But as the journey took place, his disciples going from one side of the lake to the other, waves started changing. Life for them began to get rough. Life for them began to get totally different than it had been and what they were used to maybe for a while. The waves began to get so strong and beat upon that boat upon them that they began to panic. Fear began to develop and began to control their own lives and their own thought process. Fear began to take over. So much so that somebody was smart enough and said, we need to call on Jesus. Go wake up Jesus. So they went and they woke Jesus. And then in verse uh, 24, uh, they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and waging, raging of the water, and they ceased. <laughs> That's a message there, but I got another thought. And they ceased, and, and there was a call. And he said unto them, here's the question he asked them. Here's the question today that Jesus would ask you and I today. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Notice he did not ask him, do you have faith? 
we all have faith. It's where we place our faith that's most important. Okay? Where is your faith? And he showed them that. So he's wanting us know this today, that where he did this, he said, where is your faith? I said I was reading in a book, and in this book, it made a statement that I had to read it, I don't know, a half a dozen times. But I read it over and over, and the more I read the statement, the first time I read it, I said, no, nah, I don't get it. And as I began to read it over and over, I began to say, wow, that is head on the mark on. And the statement simply said in the book, to our forefathers, faith was an experience. Oh, yeah. Read in our nation's history. To our forefathers, faith was an experience, something they relied on very much for their daily lives. To our fathers, faith was an inheritance. You see, they had witnessed faith of their fathers. And by witnessing it, they inherited that belief in what faith could do. To us today, faith is become a convenience. A convenience simply, we use it whenever we need it. Huh? Faith today has become a convenience, and if that be the case, it is suggested that our children, that is now in children's, our children, to them, faith will be nothing more than a nuisance. And we wonder why people today uh, say the church has lost its power. I'm telling you today, if we stand upon the faith that we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, if we realize that what our grandparents, what our forefathers had to live by, you see, we've got everything in our fingertips so much so today uh, that faith only becomes a convenience when all of our pleasures and all of our joys and all of those things we're accustomed to just simply roll in starts to trickle in. Then faith becomes more of a convenience. You know, I was thinking the other day in my car, if I had to jump the battery, I don't even know where it's at. The battery today is not in the hood or in the front end. I, I don't know. You know? But simply saying, we've become so accustomed to whatever it is to just getting in and going. We become to be like that. We put our faith in our automobile. Listen, you put your faith in your doctor, and don't get me wrong, I'm not telling you, but your doctor prescribes you a prescription, and you know what? You take the pill or pills. You don't know what's in them, but you have faith that that doctor says these will help you, right? We put our faith in so many things, but the main thing, where is your faith? Where is your faith? And as I began to read throughout the New Testament, I found that Jesus continually grieved over the lack of faith that his disciples had. You saw where they had faith, and then they were wondering where their faith was. And then they would see something, and their faith would be strong, and then they would, he would wonder where it was. I mean, I want to tell you today, the faith 
Listen today, faith is so important for us that we need to understand that even when the storms come, the storms of life came just for them. And what did they do? They focused on their situation instead of on their faith. It's natural. Somebody gets bad news or will have you. Doctor tells you bad news or your employer tells you bad news. It's natural because we live in a natural body. We cannot deny that. Okay? It's natural for us to think of that. But my friend, that's the very moment that we need to go to our knees. That's the very moment that we need to rely on the faith that God has placed in us. That's the very moment we need to answer the question, where is your faith? Where is your faith? The Bible tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. We need to have faith, and if we have this kind of faith, how important that it would be. You know, the Bible tells us over in the same book here, uh, a few chapters over in, in chapter 5, it talks about another story there uh, concerning some of his disciples. Uh, uh, Jesus uh, saw his disciples, and, and, and he was teaching, and, and they've been out fishing and most all the night, and, and they hadn't caught anything, and, and they had brought in their nets into the boat, and they were cleaning their nets because their nets uh, was a very important to them. It was a part of their livelihood, and they had to take care of them. And because of that, uh, they were washing their nets there, and, and Jesus uh, uh, told them, he said, Simon, he said, I want want you to launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a draught. Now listen, this is what Jesus said. Let your nets down on the right side. And Simon began to think within himself, listen, and we do this all so often, uh, we begin to consider every reason why uh, we uh, can't believe or don't have this kind of faith. Well, it just isn't possible. It's not capable. I can't do this. I've fished all night. I've tried this. I've went there. I've believed and I've held on but it still comes listen here I don't care how much uh, the enemy or how much the trials come uh, you stand still and stand in your faith and live in that faith and my friend I want you to know something we're going to see just what uh, Simon Peter saw here you know what he tried to tell Jesus and we do the same thing he tried to tell Jesus this. Simon answered, saying unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and taken nothing. You that are members here, you know that this is one of my favorite words in the Bible. We have toiled all night and we've taken nothing. And we're trying to tell, listen, God's wanting to show you how he can bring a, a great blessing your way, but it's going to take a faith to believe it's going to come your way, and yet we get in the way of the blessing that God wants to deliver to us. Well, thank God, Simon said, we've toiled all night, cleaning our nets, but nevertheless, that word, you know, I love to use. Nevertheless, you know what that means? Nevertheless, Lord, I'm going to get out of my way of thinking. I'm going to get out of what I think about the situation. And I'm going to give my faith to you and trust in you that if you tell me to do this, I'm going to do it. Nevertheless, Lord, I will let down the net. 
And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of the fish and their nets break. And they brought, they beckoned other boats to come over. How important is that? My friend, I want you to know something. That's so important that we need to understand and realize. So often we're so close to a blessing that God wants to give to us, but we have to stand and face the adversity of life and not back down and not give up, but nevertheless do what you say, Lord. Lord, we need to keep on keeping on. Lord, we need to continue to do what you want us to do. Nevertheless, I don't see how I'm going to get this taken care of. I don't know how this debt's going to get paid. I don't know how a way's going to, but nevertheless, Lord, that's when your faith is standing strong. Nevertheless, Lord, yeah, nevertheless, Lord, you're so close to that. You see, they stated every reason why that it wasn't a good idea to let their nets down again. But Jesus Christ said, do it anyway. Do it anyway. Listen, we need to understand that we need to do it anyway. Do it anyway. There was a widow woman over in First Kings. A very familiar story, probably to the majority here, the most of us, but I want to share it with you. Something just a little bit different. When I read in that and I read that scripture, I found something different. And I just love that about the Word of God, finding something different. Whatever you read. First Kings, Elijah went into that village and there was a widow woman there. She just had, there's, there's a drought going on, okay? There's a dry, and it's been going on for a long time. Elijah goes into this village, and he sees this widow woman, and he, he asks her for a drink of water, and she give it to him. She give it to him. Even when it was scarce, she still gave it to him. My friends, so often when we think, have things in our own life, and we think, well, I can't, I can't give this to God. I need it. Give it to him. Give it to him. Even if it's a glass of water, you understand what I'm saying. But listen, give it to him. But she, and then he said, and as you go, I want you to bake me a cake. Make me a cake. And you know what it said? He said, listen, sir. In my words here, you can read it there, First Kings. But he said, listen, over in chapter 70, listen, I've got just a handful of meal and just a little bit of oil and we're going to go and I'm going to gather a few sticks and I'm going to make this cake for me and my son and we're going to eat it and die. And then what he told him, what he told him over there, let me read you exactly what he said here in verse 13. He said this, And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, fear not, but do it anyway. Fear not, but do what I ask anyway. Listen, how important is that for you and I to understand that, my friend, when we want to answer the question, where is our faith? My friend, faith comes when we have to do it anyway. Faith comes and faith is seen, and we when we have to do it anyway and stand up anyway. And that's what she did, and she made the cake. And the Bible tells us that your cruise of oil or a barrel of meal did not run out for many, many days. How important is that? My friend, she answered the question, where is your faith? If I were to ask you today, what would you say when we ask, where's your faith? Uh Do it anyway. 
That is faith. When we don't understand, do it anyway. When we think it's all impossible, do it anyway. Because my friend, I want to tell you something today. God deals in impossibilities and He does it anyway. We need to understand that today, how important that it is. Where's your faith? Lean not to your own understanding. If I was to lean to my understanding, (laughs) I wouldn't have faith to get out of bed. But I know one who is able... And I know where I can turn, and I know what I can read, and I know who I can call upon for prayer, and I know where I can come, and I know who I can call, and my friend, that shows me that God is able to do above all that we ask or believe or think. With men it is impossible, with God all things are possible to him that believes. Where is your faith? If God were to ask you that question personally, each one of you today, personally, John, where's your faith? Dave, where's your faith? Chad, Morgan, where's your faith? Huh? <laughs> Would you stand up <laughs> and show your, tell your story? <laughs> Or would you wither back and say, well, where's your faith? Believe all things are possible. Just come to me. Let me share it like this. A little bit of a personal story for all of us. (laughs) Yesterday, got to go... Spend a little time with Trey, the priest. Never been to an NFL draft party before. <laughs> Got to spend a little time with the young man that I remember Sue one Sunday back here saying, they want to see his birth certificate. Said he can't be that small or that age. As big as he is and as hard as he hits over here in Perrin Woods. When he played for what? The Broncos or whatever? Well, Trey was hoping to get drafted. Fourth through the seventh round, the fourth came and they didn't call. The fifth round came and they didn't didn't call his name. The sixth round came and his name wasn't called. His phone didn't ring. The seventh round came. Two hundred. Two ten. I mean, it's getting closer to two fifty-seven, the last one. The last draft selection was made. Just before that, I hugged Trey and I said, Trey, I can't wait to see what God and where God's going to take you. I can't wait to see. And he just grinned real big. He said, me too. You see, when his name wasn't called, he could have said, oh God, you've forsaken me. No. When the draft closed, guess what? A phone call was rang out. Trey answered the phone. This is the Baltimore Ravens. We'd like you to come and play for us. Praise God. I was happy to hear the news. See, people thought it might have been round five, round six, round seven. God said, listen, I'm going to show you something. 
God said, I want to show you it's God's round. Huh? <laughs> when it's God's round, I'm going to show you what we can do. Personal experience there. Trusting in the Lord. <laughs> Every time I would take Trey down in Alabama for a game or we would talk and I'd have prayer with him before about every game, I'd always tell him Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your paths. I mean, I want you to know somehow important that is. Let me give you a couple of more examples maybe and we're going to come to a close shortly. There was a whole Israelite army that had been frozen, if you will, because they could not get past the size of Goliath, a man about nine feet tall. A whole army couldn't get past the size of this man. Jesse sent his son David down to check on them and to take them some food. And he began to speak to them and he began to ask them. And he began to see just what was going on. And when Eliab, uh, David's older brother, <coughs> brother, found them down there, and, and when he said that, and when he saw what was going on, Eliab said, what are you, he said, my words, what are you doing here? You don't need to be here. Get on home. And you know what David said? Is there not a cause? There's a reason why we need to stand against the forces of the enemy. There's a reason why we need to have a God-giving faith that can move mountains. There's a reason. And you know what David said? When they convinced him and they tried to put the armor on him, David said, I haven't proved that, but I proved God. I proved God. When a bear came and tried to steal some of my, kill some of my father's sheep, I slew the bear. When a lion came and tried to do the same thing, I slew the bear. I haven't proved the armor, but I proved God. Have you proved God before? Have you proved that God is just exactly who he says he is when in faith you launched out into the deep and God rewarded your faith? My friend, he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Are you rewarded for that? Do you remember what David remembered? David remembered what faith could do. And you know what David said? Let me tell you something. It's over here in the book of Numbers. I had all kind of messages. So I'm getting them all none one. That's all right. Listen to what he said. And there we saw the, uh, uh, I want to read here, Numbers. Listen. When David saw this, he, he came to him and he said, uh, uh, he said, listen, he said, David, the battle, listen, verse 45. Then David said unto the Philistine, thou comest to me with the sword and with the spear and with the shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, which thou hast defied. And this day the Lord shall deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give thee the carcass of the beast of the Philistines. And this day... I get so excited. And this day the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth will eat that all they may know that there is a God in Israel. 
And all the assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with the sword of the spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. David was answering the question, where's your faith? See, David had to remember a time when faith brought him through. When there comes times in our lives and we're blindsided by circumstance. My friend, I want you first off to remember the time when faith brought you through. Remember the time you were at a place and you needed that strong hand of God to deliver you and your faith brought you through. David remembered that. And he stood up against a young teenage boy. He stood up against his giant. You ain't no match for me. You ain't no match for me. All your Philistine army is going to see what my God can do. I mean, he was showing them where his faith was. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Let me also say this, and I want to move on. Because of David, his family even tried to get in the way. Because David's faith was strong, he didn't let his family sidetrack him. My friend, I'm going to tell you something. It might be that close to you that even your family may sidetrack, get you to sidetrack your faith. Your family might get you to sidetrack your walk with God. Your family, but though none go with me, still I will follow. Because of David's faith, my friend, the whole Israelite army got to see victory. You see, because of your faith, Somebody great, a great number could get to see victory. Hinging on your faith. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Well, I want to come to a close. I'm going to come to a close with this story. There was some spies, a dozen, sent over into this land that was supposed to flow with milk and honey to see just exactly how it would be. And as the spies went over into this land, they came back. Guess what? Guess what ten of them saw? Ten of them saw giants in the land. Ten of them saw people like Goliath roaming everywhere. Two of them saw something different. Where would you be? What does your faith see? Do we see what's before us? Or do we see who's within us? Hmm? Those people, they said, and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which came which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, as so we were in their sight. How do you see your faith? How do you see yourself? How do you see your faith? My friend, I want to tell you this. If you want people to believe in who you believe in, 
They've got to see your faith. They've got to believe in your faith. Huh? You want them to believe in God? Get them to believe in you and your faith. Huh? Get them to believe in your faith. Because that's what faith is. Faith is simply, faith is when your commitment exceeds your knowledge. Isn't that what faith is? See, ten of them said, we're like grasshoppers amongst them giants. There's no way. (laughs) Joshua and Caleb said, there's a way. There's a way. Yeah. You see, we sing the song, living by faith, right? Do we live by faith? We practice faith every day of our lives. Some type of faith. You drove here, you practice your faith. When you went to put on your brakes. When you went to put the car in gear. <laughs> My daughter Mallory and I, a couple weeks ago, flew across the country. <laughs> Pretty rough flight the entire way. As soon as we left Chicago, it was more than bumpy all the way to Las Vegas. You know what I got to thinking? I wonder if this is his first flight. <laughs> I wonder if this is a pilot's first time flying. I never ask. I never ask. You know what they call a doctor that graduates the bottom of his class? A doctor. I never ask if it was a pilot. I put my faith in somebody I didn't know. But guess what? (laughs) We landed safe. We put our faith in things and people we don't even imagine, and yet we just do it instinctively. Jesus is saying, live your faith instinctively for me. Instinctively. Live your life of faith. Well, may I ask you this? Get a song. Is faith your lifestyle... Or is faith your life preserve? Yeah. Oh, why, it's my lifestyle. Sure it is. <laughs> Show me your works by your faith. Huh? Show me your works by your faith. Yeah. It's easy to say I play the piano until I get up to it. It's easy to say you have faith until you've got to show your faith. What about you here today? This is for discipleship growing. This is for Christians to come and see themselves in the mirror and realize, I want God in my life. Maybe God's been said, I want your life too. So Jesus has a question. Where is your faith? Let's stand. God, they've come today, Lord God, stepping out in faith, realizing, Father, God, to say we have faith is one thing. To live in that faith is another. Father, help us, Lord God, to know, Lord, that if our city, our community, our city, our state, wherever it might be, Father, if they are going to see you and see a movement, It's got to be through faith and through your children. Father, help us to have that kind of faith. 
to where someone says, where is your faith? Or when a person's name is mentioned, they will assign faith to that person's name. Father, that's how they know them. They have a great faith. Father, help us to be ready to answer the question, where is our faith? Understanding that faith comes. God, when we face adversities, faith doesn't come as an attaboy for doing good. Faith comes from going through the trials and depending upon you and learning, Father, God, that we're here, not alone. Father, in thy name we pray and amen.